You're listening to The Upland Rookie, a podcast presented by Upland Brits. What's going on, rookies? And welcome to episode 28 of the Upland Rookie Podcast. I'm your host, Will Larson. And as always, this is presented by Upland Brits. Also brought to you by Yukonuba Sporting Dog. If you want to get everything your dog's got, then you need nutrition that holds nothing back. To unleash your dog's maximum potential, check out Yukonuba's premium performance lineup at yukonubasportingdog.com. Also brought to you by Trinity Bretons. Trinity is now offering the Trinity Upland Academy to help each Trinity Breton client attain and develop the highest level of training available with George Hickox. Trinity also offers puppies, stud service, and started dogs. Check them out at trinitybretons.com. Also brought to you by Gunner Kennels. At Gunner, they're proud to say that they've helped keep thousands of pets safe on the road because every detail of their crate is designed and tested in real world conditions for the invested dog owner. Man's best friend deserves man's best kennel. That's a Gunner Kennel. Hey, don't forget, uh, Pointer Traditions, if you're looking for uh, bird straps to uh, carry around your say waterfowl your upland game check out pointer traditions also if you're looking for a new dog collar um, i'm rocking um, some custom size collars on both of my brits and i freaking love them uh, great collars great quality great customer service um, use code rookie 15 rookie 15 at checkout to save 15 percent you're off your order uh, with pointer traditions so uh we're gonna jump in um i don't have too much on this uh this opening for this week uh, i have kind of a long episode coming up uh for you with anna v uh from anna v outdoors um we it's hard to summarize this episode not gonna lie there is so much good stuff here we go in a lot of different directions um talking uh short hairs labs uh, uh bird dog competition um golly training <laughs> a little bit of genetics. Uh, there's a little bit of everything in this episode, and I uh, I hope you guys enjoy this one. But um, yeah, we are officially in November. Cannot believe we are in November already. Um, I've been uh, I did miss. I don't know if you saw some social media posts this weekend. I did miss the Nebraska opener, uh, which I was pretty bummed about. Um, had a work event, which was awesome. Um, but yeah, missed the opener. So I will uh, be making some plans. I'm trying to get out there. Uh, it's not going to work this week. This weekend, I have uh, a Nastra event I'm uh, running Gage in. So this weekend's taken up with that. Um, so realistically, probably the weekend after. So anyways, I have to wait a little bit to get out and chase wild birds. But I'm very excited for uh, my first Nastra event with Gager Boy. Um, we're running both Saturday and Sunday. And um, yeah, we'll see what it's all about. Um, I'm excited. I think he, um, I don't know. We'll see how he does. I'm not going to make any, any predictions. Um, I just think how, he, how he runs some of his traits. Um, I think he's going to do real well, um, in this, but we'll see. It's gonna be my first time, uh, doing an event like this. I've done some hunt tests, 
before, but this this definitely is going to be different. So um, wish us luck. I'll keep you guys posted on, on how that event goes. But um, running out, uh, I'll be running with Andy Taylor. He'll be down there. Um, and uh, I think CJ is going to be there. He's a, he's a Nashra guy here um, in my region. But um, anyways, that's kind of what's on the docket for me. Um, yeah, that's what really all I got for you guys. I know we're coming up into the holidays here. Um, you know, November, we got Thanksgiving, Christmas coming. Um, I, God willing, I'm planning to try to get an episode out every week except Thanksgiving week. I won't do one that week and I won't do one um, probably Christmas week or New Year's week just to kind of um, just set the expectations for you guys up front. Um, you know, I'll be you know traveling a little bit uh, over the holidays and that. And so um, won't be doing episodes over, over the holidays, but um, I'll try to get an episode out every week. That is the goal still, um, but just give me some grace. We got uh, just a busy season, uh, work, family, kids, all that, all that stuff. So um, if... If there's a week that you don't see an episode drop on Tuesday morning, don't freak out. It's coming. It's coming. So anyways, guys, I hope you're having a great uh, kickoff to your season. Um, that's really all I got for you right now. Oh, I uh, just want to mention, if you guys could still, if you haven't uh, already, maybe if you've been thinking about doing it, uh, head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and review. Um, I love to read those, see how this uh, podcast is impacting you, what you're uh, gaining from it. Um, It's also going to help the podcast reach more hunters just like you. So uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, leave uh, a rating and uh, a little written review. I'll I'll definitely read that. And that's it. All right, guys, we're going to jump into episode 28 with Anna V from Anna V Outdoors. Enjoy. I'm Southern, so one little story could lead to the other, and then we forget. Go down the rabbit hole. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's cool. Well, awesome. We'll just, uh, we'll jump right in. So Anna, um, put us on a map. Where, uh, where are you located? Right now I'm in Wisconsin. Okay. And are you, are you from Wisconsin or Georgia, but Wisconsin's home away from home. And then we've got, um, we're headed to South Dakota in two days from there. We'll hit North Dakota and then we'll come back here and then we'll be home for Thanksgiving. Very nice. And what's in, uh, what's in South Dakota for you? Uh, well, this trip's going to be ring that festival in Huron. One of my favorite events ever. I cannot wait to get back to see everybody. Yeah, and then just a quick personal trip up to North Dakota before we head back. Okay, very nice. Yeah. Will you get Will you get any uh, North Dakota hunting in, or just just personal? Oh, yeah. fan? Okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, if you go to North Dakota, you you better be uh, able to hunt a little bit. Oh no, I'll have a trailer full of dogs. Michael have a trailer full of dogs, and yeah, there's no end to that. <laughs> That's good. That's <laughs> good. We'll determine when we end. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. Well, you said it's uh, it's snowing in Wisconsin today, right? Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, it's been cold and it really got cold over the last two days. Um, and then it just started spitting snow. And we're running errands and there's just so much going on. It's like, oh, seriously, the wind and the snow is <laughs> uh, when you want to pack. Yeah, no fun. No fun. I uh, I grew up in Chicago, so I I understand those those Midwest uh winters and cold temps and all that good stuff. Yeah, turns on a dime. It does. It does. Yeah. Um Co- Colorado has its own pros and cons. There's I mean, it can turn on a dime, which is a con, but uh mostly it's it's sunny and nice, which is which is good. But 
Um, so we're going to jump into actually deer season. Cause you mentioned that right before we hit recording, uh, deer season more. You're what? I'm not, I'm not a deer hunter anymore. Okay. I'm not opposed to it. I just don't make time for it. Right. So there's just two different things with that. But okay. So the, the cool thing about like Georgia is, um, Oh, I just never really am in Georgia during deer season, right? Because birds take me away from Georgia. So my family has always been deer hunters and turkey hunters. So I grew up in that world. But then when I got my first dog, then the dog ruled, and then the my entire life changed to work all around the dogs. And then one dog led to another dog, led to another dog. <laughs> now I have too many dogs. But um, I don't know if you can ever have too many dogs, but no, no. So anyway don't make time for it in Georgia at all, but being here in Wisconsin, they, um, have legal shining from sunset to 10 o'clock. So that has been so much fun for us. Like the kids love going and we're all involved. So it's like the funnest thing to see what's nocturnal, what's moving around at night that you would never see during the day or whatever, you know? And, um, there's a lot of public land hunting here um, that we grouse hunt in and all the stuff that are just right here around the house. Yeah. So uh, we ride those same roads and look for deer. And I just have found it to be so much fun. Like it probably gets people really stirred up to get in the stand where I'm just having fun going out. Now, last year I got more into coon hunting. <laughs> really? We were out going deer shining. Yes. I just think that's so hey, and a real, I love hunting real quick. So for those that don't know, I, okay. I, I might know what deer shining is, but can you explain that? <laughs> okay. So from like during the dark hours up until 10 o'clock, there are, I mean, it, sometimes it could be a lot of traffic and sometimes you're the only one out there, but everybody's riding the roads, shining their spotlights okay, in okay. the field looking for deer. Yeah. And it is the craziest thing to think this is legal coming from the South, right? Because yeah, yeah. it's not in the South. Um, so it's a family thing up here. So it's Very like, cool. how many kids pack? we're all riding dirt roads and we're going to crank up the old country station. And, and I mean, it's not just a weekend thing. We do it during the week and you've got like all the kids are like, are we going shining? Are we going shining? Like keep the light in the truck. And that is a you know, new so term. I have I've not so heard that. Yeah. So it was a new thing to me too. And so I was like, well, I can really see how you get the buy-in of the excitement of the season, right? Because you can't send a deer scent all the time, but if you're coming home from Walmart and it's dark, well, you get this, these kids pumped up to get outdoors. Right. And so I have just found it to be just the most entertaining thing ever. So, I mean, they, they have a very short rifle season here, which is very different than when I'm you know, my background in Georgia or whatever, it's only like, I don't know, 10 days or something. It's mm. really short. Um, so we do this for a long period of time. And so it's just exciting. Just see what's here. <laughs> that, that is really cool. Um, yeah. well, you, you touched on, uh, you touched on your, your dogs a little bit and just, uh, kind of how, how bird dogs really kind of take over and, and big game now or deer hunting, kind of can become second nature and I'm not knocking big game hunting. It's huge here in Colorado. I've tried it a couple of times, but like you said, once you start getting dogs and adding them, it just kind of takes over. 
well, it does. And like, I was a horse girl first. And then when I got my dogs, then that emotional, I guess, dependency that you have on that one animal kind of got shifted to the dog, the dogs with me all the time. Right. So, um, each, I guess maybe it's just my personality too, to be all in with whatever I'm doing. So if I was a big game hunter, I would be like all into that. Right. So then I probably wouldn't have time for a dog because can't always take a dog with you without. Right. So, um, so that's just kind of what happened in my world because nobody in my family was really a shotgunner or ever had a bird dog. It was just one of those things that bit me in the butt and I jumped in with both feet. So it, it really was life-changing. It's molded the way that I parent, like, um, my oldest daughter's in South Georgia in school. And so she gets to be in the heart of quail country and, and she, and they do a lot of duck hunting, um, down on the coast down there too. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she's got so involved with ducks unlimited and with SCI in Georgia. And so on the policy side, so maybe she's not as gung-ho about working with the dogs and all these things like me and Tater are, but she's still so connected to this world because we've always had the dogs in the house. Right. So, um, yeah, they're just always there. It's just a part of our everyday life. It's who our friends are. We just kind of became obsessed about it and I can't get out of it. Like there's no way I'd walk away now. Yeah. Well, they, they they do in a good way. I, I, I always say in a good way, they suck you in. Um, and yeah, yeah. You, there's just, there's so many good activities and hobbies and hunting out there that you, you do kind of have to, I mean, I know people who do it, they multiply and they do a little bit of everything, which is awesome. But right. if you want to do something really well, you, you sometimes got to pick your battles a little bit. And so I, I can totally relate to that. And then the people are just so addicting too. And yeah. in the bird world. So, you know, we haven't been, um, going to the conventions like we had forever, you know, that just kind of got put on halt. And so I'm missing people. I'm oh, missing sure. people mentions brought into my life and we have those traditions. And so, yeah, I mean the, the, the tournament world keeps my schedule on a certain path. So I'm looking forward to those conventions getting cranked back up and pausing and seeing those people that really held my hand to get me to where I am. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. I bet. Um, well, so we, we kind of, we kind of jumped right in. We started hearing a little bit, of, <laughs> a little bit of everything. I love it. Um, give us a, a I guess a quick overview. Um, I know you're in Wisconsin. I, I know you have a connection to Georgia still, correct? You have, yeah. so just, just give us like the two minute, like who is Anna V catch us up and we'll, we'll kind of dive off from there. Okay. Well, like I said, I got mercy. She was my, um, my first short hair. And, um, so she's still on the trailer and I am from Georgia. I'm from Northeast Georgia. And so, like I said, I grew up hunting and I started a ladies shooting business, but it really wasn't started as a business. It was really like friends saying, Hey, you take your girls. Well, at that time, JC was, um, she was the only girl Tater wasn't born yet, but you're hunting with her and she's shooting. Will you teach my kid or will you teach me? Like we want to do this. And so literally this, um, culture just evolved. So I was doing like, I'd always done right deer hunting and taking them on turkey hunts. And so we, we ended up landing, um, a great relationship with a lodge that I don't think exists anymore over in Alabama. So we were going over there and we were having the time of our lives. And I was doing pistol basics and, um, that just opened one door after another. Well, then I was introduced to ducks unlimited in Gainesville. And so that committee asked me 
to host a shotgun day. And I was like, well, sure. You know, I mean, gun safety, I'm, I can rock gun safety. I can do this. Well, I don't, <laughs> I was not a very successful clay shooter at the time, but I was like, I can keep everybody safe. Sure. And we had this a gorgeous private place to go shoot and everything. So the event booked out, we had a waiting list, all this stuff. And then I get there and I was like, deer in headlights. Okay. At the end of the day, the whole point was just to make sure everybody stay safe because I can't make them successful. And it was a major like pause in my career. When I look back now, because up until then I'd done everything that I'd been raised in. So everything was second nature. And I'm like, well, I'll just pick up a gun and go shoot. Right. And it didn't work that way. So I went back to those guys and I said, listen, okay, I'm an epic failure and y'all almost outed me. <laughs> so I was like, mm. we got to find me a coach or I can't do this again. Yeah. And, um, so needless to say through a couple of referrals, I landed my coach Demas and met with him and, and the man changed my life. And I absolutely love telling this story now that I've gone through um, the trenches and came out on the other side. But but when when we first started, I had no idea what I was in for. And it it was really like God just put me in the shotgun world where I didn't know anything. And I had no idea that the training, the mental management training that I was going to go through was going to mold me into the person that I mm. always wanted to be. And I had no idea how to be that person. Right. So and I'm not even talking about a bird hunter, just a successful, confident, you know, conscientious parent, all the things that we strive sure. to be, right? Like, how do we get there? How do we get yeah. there? Well, we do the journey of life, but we have choices on how we react to things um, that happen to us, or whatever. And and he was the gift that gave me the positive outlook and the knowledge where I wasn't always making mistakes on my own and learning the hard way. Right. Hmm. And, so, and this was a wing shooting coach you guys yeah. with. Okay. He's my best friend now. <laughs> <laughs> so much time together, but, um, this was back in 2016. So I had my first lesson with him in April and I was so overwhelmed and speechless when I left there because not only did he show me like the coolest things and his method of shooting, like, he just totally blew my mind with all this. We also outed how many issues I had um, with gun fit and eye dominance and just, I mean, I was a hot mess. Now at this point I had been wing shooting some, I forgot this, but I wasn't a clay shooter. I had mercy and I was running UFTA. That's another tournament organization down South is prominently down South. And, uh, I was terrible and I absolutely loved it. And it was the time <laughs> of my life. And, and I was like the laughing, you know, joke of the day. I was the only female running back then in Georgia and I just had this firecracker dog. And so anyways, like that's when I knew like, okay, I know gun safety on a shotgun. Right. But to actually coach somebody the way that I was going to be taught how to coach I was clueless about. And so meeting Demas and going through this whole thing, which He's a tax attorney business coach. So he's, he has a whole another professional career. He's not a full-time wing shooting coach. Um, he has his own really cool story about how he got involved in it. And that was through big game hunting in Africa, um, hunting lions. So, uh, anyways, we just kind of, we all kind of came together by accident, but it created a full circle, you know, wow. and it's really cool when you have those stories, um, meeting people because your investment in what you're doing is so much deeper than the reason that you came, right? So sure. I came to be better wing shooting 
a wing shooter. At that time, I had no real intentions of being, you know, predominantly a wing shooting instructor or coach. Sure. Or, you, you just wanted to get a little better at it so that you could kind of help others and show them some, right? Some of the yeah, basics and talk about conservation and get <laughs> limited and let's raise some money for more land. I mean, I, I mean, I really didn't have any, any goals with that, except for the fact that I was terrible and as competitive as I am, I don't like being terrible at anything. Sure. So that was literally my first motive was like, I don't know how to do this, but I need to. And that was, there was no depth to it whatsoever. So when this man walks up and he's like, so calmly collected and I'm so like bouncing off the walls and loud and all this stuff, it was just so hilarious to see us together, but we are like immediate best friends. And, um, and I'm just so grateful that he recognized potential in me and that he invested in me like he did, because I would have never known what I would have missed if he hadn't done that. Right. Sure. So needless to say, I ended up getting homework, um, to read a book, um, called with winning in mind written by Lanny Bassam. And he was an Olympic rifle shooter and, and he put a mental management program together. They do a lot of pro, um, athlete coaching, business coaching. So I've been trained through that program, which I would say is probably like the best gift that my wing shooting instructor ever gave me. So hmm. yeah, I am. I love my shooting skills, right? My shooting skills sets me apart a lot in the lifestyle that I live right now. But if I didn't have that mental strength to go with that and back mm. that up, it would not be as successful, right? So my skills would crack because my mental management wouldn't be strong enough to carry it. Absolutely. That makes sense. Right. So let's just say I shot with him five, six days a week for two and a half years. So there was a lot. I mean, we could talk hours. There's a lot of commitment and, and like you said, mental pressure and dedication that's, that's coming with that. Oh, it's not just God. about go out, shoot a couple of clays and be done. No, no, it wasn't like that at all. And what he did, like he knew I didn't know anything and he taught me how to be a champion. And I didn't even know that was a goal. And I didn't even know that he was doing it, hmm. you know? idea but within 14 months i was a state champion and it's super sporting and and i and I, I even like now i think back i'm like how did i even make that you know how did i have the time how did i have the commitment i mean i was driving an hour and a half over a mountain each way oh my gosh what, like, what was the what was the I driving could, factor for and, you to to keep going after it like what was what was what kept you motivated to keep going so the personal growth that I was gaining under his coaching was so addictive that I had to go. Like I had to go shoot with him. I had clients, I had shooting clients. Like there would be times where he would have shooting clients, I would have shooting clients, then we would shoot together. So I was spending like full days at the course. Like, you know, after I got my feet wet and um, I went through my certification with a, uh, uh, NSCA and that's a whole nother story too. I'm like, <laughs> I aced that because of course I was prepared you know, and I had to jump through the hoops and I was the only female and boy, did they make me, uh, they made sure I knew I was the only female there, but that's okay. Oh, gosh. It's okay because I was trained for it. And what you know? organization is that you said, and what? Well, it's not a reflection of the organization. It was okay. the insurance. Okay. 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 But that's like, a certain certification though, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a certification in clay instructors, and there's multiple ones. Okay. You know, that organization that I went with, um, there's different schools, shooting schools that you can go and get certified through. Now, however, I don't teach that because I teach wing shooting and I really prefer the Churchill method. So I've read a lot of books and luckily I've got, you know, some British connections. And, um, so that's really how that's developed, um, on that side. But yeah, I mean, when you find that person in your life, like God's going to send you a person Hmm. and I'm not saying like your person, like your spouse or your person, but He's going to send you that person that's going to give you a gift that's going to change your life. And I was just so um, like grateful that I recognized it and that I maximized it. Because when I look back, it really was for me by accident, but it wasn't by accident. You know, he, he gives me a gift and, and luckily we talk almost every single day. So I'm, I'm constantly texting him like, thank you so much for investing in me because I love my life. Like I just, I love what I do, whether it's, you know, the hunting tournaments or it's the dog training or like we're going to this event next week and I get to share these stories. It's like, I want people to know there's nothing special about my story except for the fact that I said, yes, mm. some people miss their opportunity just because they don't take it. Right. So, and I just encourage like people to listen to my story, be motivated and encouraged by my story to go create their own. Mm. I love that. And so, so do you think, so this whole, uh, so the whole wing shooting stuff, you started to, you know, enter into uh, this with, is that when, uh, you know, bird dogs and upland hunting, did that kind of all take off because of this or was that happening already before? No. Well, I mean, I wasn't, I was the absolute worst tournament hunter that has ever walked the face of the planet first. Okay. And the addiction of that competition. So if you're not familiar with tournament hunting, I'm not, uh, not at all. Okay. This is a really cool thing for bird dog owners because you create these bonds with your dog, right? And it's really fun to go hunt wild birds. And I love that too. But I come from a very competitive family background. So everything was a competition. <laughs> nice. So this just gets me so geeked up. A bird dog tournament, like a, a hunting tournament is a field and that would be the acreage would be based on the organization pretty much and, or the tournament itself. Some of the fields are a lot bigger than others. And and these rules will vary within organizations. Okay. So it could vary with the bird type that you're hunting or the amount of birds in the field, whatever. But these are the, the rules that overlay on all of them. When it's your turn to hunt, when it's your turn to run your dog, you're going to go into a blind you're going to have bird planters. They plant the field. Sometimes it's based off a plant card. Sometimes it's a random thing. So you have no idea where it's going. Okay. Then you go to the line and you have a judge and this is on the clock. Some of them actually you get style points and other things. And it's not necessarily a timed event, but I run a timed event because I got ruined with judge opinions <laughs> in the horse. I don't want none of that. You know, this is me and my dog and, and how good are we? You know, this, that, that kind of thing. Not how pretty are we? How good are we? That kind of thing. Okay. So it's time to vent. So we go up to the line and when, like we said, hunt them up. Okay. And then clock starts. So my game with the BDC now, currently we plant five chucker. So I have to bag five chucker in about like, let's say an average of a 12 acre field. Um, in the shortest amount of time using the least amount of shells. And that's on the point side and the flushing side. Hmm. Okay. So 
that's how that rolls. And it is a blast. And, and this so is its own, its own circuit, right? It's own, it's not connected to AKC or anything like that. Nope. Nope. It's its own circuit. It's its own um, organization. Okay. Um, now the AKC does recognize our titles. So that's really nice. Nice. Um, yeah. So it is just a blast. So, you know, I mean, you just take your dog and you have this super close bond with, the, with your dog. And it's crazy because they know the difference. They know if you're just going hunting yeah. wild birds. Oh yeah. They, they know they can if tell. it's like game. They yes. Can tell. And then just, <laughs> they know. Oh my goodness. It's so exciting. That so is so I cool. I fell in love with that. And that was, I was a tournament hunter before I was a wild bird hunter. Okay. So that the person that got me involved um, with short hairs, they were a tournament hunter and they'd been a very close family friend my whole life. So I just got sucked into the competition side of the bird dog world before I even knew the whole scope of what was available for a bird hunter. Right. So, I mean, everything was so new. So, so that happened. So I was like the worst bird hunter. And then I was a, a terrible clay shooter and I got a better clay shooter. And then I won something. And then I needed another gun because I couldn't find a good gun that fit. And then the perfect gun belonged to my coach. He had won his first tournament with it. So he wasn't going to let me take it from him. Right. <laughs> so then I go to CZ because that was a CZ gun. And I end up with an um, interview with them. So I end up shooting for them for a while. And we were trying to think of this, like so much seemed to happen at once that it's hard for me to keep this timeline. So that, <laughs> that's okay. It can be confusing. I get it. It, it, it is confusing because I had so many multiple things going on at once, but I'm pretty sure that my first pheasant hunt was filming with Gundog TV and I took mercy and Dolly was just a little bitty puppy then. And, um, those guys are so awesome. I got to do that for two seasons with them, pheasant hunt with them. And, and during that time is when I started hosting hunts and, um, doing more wing shooting stuff and working with kids with like four H teams. Um, so yeah, it was seemed like every weekend I was somewhere either hunting myself or teaching somebody how to be a hunter. And, and so my kids got drugged there and then they caught the bug and then, everybody ended up with their own dog. And, um, so it just, it just kind of took us by storm and yeah. like done some really cool stuff with pheasants forever and quill forever. And then, um, JC served on their, their national leadership council before she graduated high school and taters done some really cool things with them. And then, um, I, and then I got connected to SCI and SCI is like, man, you know, we really need better outreach of what we do. And my whole thing has been like, as a hunter, it's really important that we pay attention to what's going on with policy with our world. Yeah. Right. Because it's so easy to get caught up in our bubble and not have any idea what's going on. Right. So, you know, whether it be something crazy, like somebody's against our training callers or whatever. I mean, really in the upland world, we don't have to worry about very much right now, but as a hunter, just because I don't hunt a certain species doesn't mean that I don't care about the right to do so. Sure. That's a good point. So, um, so just as a gun activist and, um, and a hunter, I've always shared how we need to be proactive and know what's going on. Yeah. So then I've, 
hear about SCI and, and SCI's mission of, you know, first for hunters and the fact that they're fighting for our hunting rights and, and they have a legal team that are doing that all the time, but they don't ignore our need for habitat and conservation, which are two totally different things, right? Mm-hmm. Because we could have tons of habitat and no hunting rights. And people don't realize that not every habitat or conservation organization is actually actively fighting for their hunting rights too. So you can't just be sold out to one thing. Yeah, like you, you got to hold both and, and yeah, they go gotta, together. Who's doing what? And everybody has their niche and you got to figure out, okay, what's, you know, what's my calling and how important is it that I make sure that I keep my hunting rights. Yeah. And for me, that was like number one, because when all the political stuff went down, I said, listen, I'm, I'm all about my hunting rights and you can answer to Jesus for the rest, you know, like, <laughs> I stand on all this. So, um, it was just really cool thing to be able to meet them and get really involved in Georgia SCI and, and realize how many big game hunters are bird hunters too. Yeah. Those are a huge and, number. Yeah. You know? And so, and then the ag world overlaps with that too, so much with, um, ranch owners and stuff that are up on hunters. So it was really cool to see everything from my past kind of collide. And I guess that was another reason why this world sucks me in. Um, like I said, it's the people, like these relationships we build, I just, it keeps me here. So, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. It sounds like those, those bird dog competitions you started doing or hunting competitions, uh, kind of also, you know, started with wing shooting, then competitions really kind of propelled you into this world even deeper, um, which is, is pretty darn cool. Um, quick thing on the, I have two things I want to circle back on actually. Um, one random. So the competitions you're doing with the, uh, the hunting with the dogs and stuff, uh, is that also known as like bird yeah. dog, bird dog wars? There's a show on YouTube okay. about it. Is that the bird dog rules? It was so okay. bird dog wars ran for, I don't know, maybe like five or six years, but that was like, of course, pre me. Okay. I didn't start until um it was 2020 but it was the 2019 nationals gotcha. so that okay. is it is it, our, a, is it the same format you're talking about of what you yeah, ran okay so if you've that seen was a that great show, that was a great show i love that i wish they did more oh hey well the blast so some of the dogs that i run were actually on that show oh no way yeah yeah that's super cool okay um, okay. Now backing up even a little further, we, we, okay. we talked on wing shooting. I can't, I can't get around wing shooting with, with talking to you a little bit more about that. Um, okay. so when you went to your, your, the shooting instructor that you worked with your mentor, um, right. what were some of the things I'm just curious, what were some of the things he started to work with you on and, and identify of that were issues for you? Okay. So, well, like the, the shooting aspect of it was probably an easier fix, um, than the mental side. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, uh, like I said, I had horrible gun fit, which is a massive thing. Like people can instantly increase their success with having the right gun. Hmm. Um, so anybody has questions about that, they can message me directly and then we can identify their specific, um, issues or questions about that. So okay. that, that's about that. Then I dominate. So it, there's a very high percentage of females that have like a co-dominant um, eye issue. So, you know, when you do your little triangle and you look through at a specific um, point and you close one eye and then you open it and then you close the other eye, 
one eye is going to allow that object to stay in the center of your triangle. If you do the little hand thing, well, anyways, sometimes it could be one eye for me and some days it could be the other one. So I had to pick. And, uh, so we went through all of that and then, you know, cause you, you're supposed to keep both eyes open and all this stuff. So there's just, there was like hurdles of getting me to where I would find consistency okay. because consistency is the name of the game with shotgunning. Right. And, um, so that was just the hurdle through that was just actually like finding the right gun that I had the confidence in and finding that consistency of building my strength of, I, I was a lefty. I'm, I'm a right-handed person, but I mm. shoot left. Okay. And actually it's so crazy because both of my girls are the exact same way. Oh, no way. Yeah. So, yeah. So if you get, if you find inconsistency and you feel like your eyes are dead on, but you're not hitting the target, then it could be a very simple fix. And I get I just hate it that people get frustrated through that process and don't realize it. So people get frustrated. They're like, well, you don't know how to fix it because they know their eyes dead on the target, but they're not hitting the target. And that will cause people to quit if they don't find the solution. Right. Sure. So I go to those two things, your eye dominant issue and your gun fit issue, because if your gun's not aligned with your eye, it's not going to hit where your eye is looking. Mm. And so it sounds really simple, but, um, you just need to pick up as many guns as you can. And if you actually get to shoot them, that's even better before you pick one, you know, there's a lot of great guns out there, but yeah, there may a not lot of people be- just go. I mean, I did it with the guns. I, I saw a gun, I held it. I was like, all right, I'll take this one. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, I think it fits me well. I hit stuff with it. So right. I know and a lot of men can get away with that, but there's a lot of times that a female picks one up and they're like, this is a million times better than everything I've ever shot. Hmm. So, you know, it's just educating them about that knowledge so that they don't get frustrated and give up before they find that solution. Yeah. Is it, yeah. so you, so you, you teach currently still, right? Do you teach? In, I do a little. Yeah. Okay. Well, is that, um, is that kind of the um, biggest issue you see with, with, you know, uh, people that are coming to you, is that kind of the biggest thing you work on right up front is figuring out fit consistency or are there well, other things that come up? Yeah. So we did a clinic we did, um, this summer and we had like 30 people here for two days and we did all about handle clinic, like handling your dog. We did the training program and then, and then how to handle your dog and shooting and handling together and then putting people in the field and teaching them how to handle the dog in the field and read a field. So hmm. we do that summer here in Wisconsin. It's a lot of fun. The first thing we do, right, is go through and, and I go through and make sure that everybody's shooting the right gun for them, make sure that what they brought, you know, gives them the best opportunity. So, yeah, I mean, we could preach brands all day long, but I can, I can only testify for what works for me. Sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, and, and you touched on this too, both eyes open, right? When you shoot a shotgun, <laughs> you're supposed to, but it okay. doesn't always that way subject for people, but there's Olympic shooters that, um, they don't, and you know, wing shooting is different on the clay course or on the trap field. You're going to get people that put dots on their eyes or smudge them with chapstick, but I don't think that's safe in the mm. bird field. You no, know, depending no. on the pain you're in and all this stuff. So we make accommodations based on specific purposes. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know uh, ever since I started, uh, bird hunting, I always, I always close one eye. And I did, I did fine. I had no issues with it. And it wasn't up until maybe about two years ago, 
I was, I was going through this weird streak of not hitting anything. I was terrible at clays, terrible at birds. And I was like, maybe I'm going to try both eyes open. Great. Now <laughs> both eyes open. It just, it's really, it's helped it help my accuracy a little bit. And so I don't know if there's any, you know, it's, it kind of sounds like a personal preference, really. Well, I think it's going to be how you learn. Most of the time people are going to go back, resort back to that. But if you, if you're having issues because of an eye dominance issue, like I was talking about, if your eyes, if one eye gets fatigued and the other eye takes over, hmm. then, you know, that could cause an issue and it could cause you to miss. Like there's just things that if you're not aware to look for, then you don't, you may not understand how to correct it. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So the other thing that Dean has talked about and I was telling you about was the middle management side. Yeah. Just, you know, like you go through life and I was, a, you know, I was in my thirties when I picked up a shotgun. So you've lived a little, you know, you've gained some baggage and, and maybe like whatever you've dealt with in life, you don't realize when you get into hardcore shooting and you have to go into your subconscious and you got to learn to turn your brain off and all these things. It's just like, some people have the gift and some people's brains run wide open a million miles an hour on 50 channels. And that just happened to be me. So I had a lot of personal growth with him and I would say probably just simplified my life. And I, and you know, I'm an only child and I have great parents that encourage you to go do whatever you want to do and, and, and have these super high expectations. And, you know, it was one of those things where, when I'd gone to school to do certain things. And then at the end of the day, I was a master's dropout because I wanted to be a shooter. <laughs> uh, I explained that one. You know? Yeah. How'd that so, go? Yeah. And so, I mean, just going through that whole process said it is okay to accept my calling and my purpose in life. And this is what I want to do. And I really feel like God placed these people in my life. This is what I'm supposed to like how I'm supposed to serve, right? This is what I'm supposed to leave. And so once I felt confident in, in owning that, then my shooting just got so much better. Like I went mm. to the, I went to the clay course or I went to the field, my dog training, like whatever it was like with a whole new level of confidence and I could just see the results in it. And so when you own the life that you're living, so there are people that settle, right? So we settle sure. and we frustrations, like, we really wish we could do something else, but we can't take the risk or, you know, if you're caught in a certain part of life and it's not the time to strike out and go dream chasing, you know, that can become resentment and cause other issues within your life and with relationships that should be important to you and things like that. And so we literally got personal, mm. you know, and talked about how do you live life to the fullest? And I applied all of that to my shooting career and it made me mentally tough. And so we go through life and sometimes we're mentally tough, but we're still frustrated and we're, and we're, we're tough because we have to be sure. and different kind of tough, you know, then was, was that, was all that built into what he was, was teaching you and, and going through this with you? Was that kind of just, it just happened naturally or was that like a part of his program? It's a part of his program. Okay. Um, you know, I think because of my level of commitment, I might've got more than the average student, but I was absolutely addicted to it. And what I wanted to do was I wanted to learn this so that I could turn on and give it away to somebody else. Mm. Like I loved it so much. I loved waking up every single day feeling like 
I'm so excited just to be the best that I can be. Like, this is what I'm going to go do. I'm going to be the best that I can be at it. Right. So now you see a lot of this stuff on when you're scrolling and you see a lot of, um, memes or quotes or whatever about positivity and being yourself and entrepreneurship and stuff. But when I started, it really wasn't out there like that. Hmm. So, um, I just ate it up. And Hmm. so I, I wanted to learn. I didn't want to learn to make myself better. I wanted to learn to make myself better so that I could turn around and give it away. Hmm. That's awesome. And I know you you mentioned your kids a little bit. And so, you know, with them kind of just seeing all this happen, did they just kind of naturally gravitate towards hunting the outdoors, wing shooting, or was that what, what kind of, what did you do on your part to intentionally invest into them into these different aspects? Well, JC was a little older and she was already horse crazy. So she traveled all over showing her horse. Hmm. So there was a lot of times that I was dragging bird dogs to horse shows. Like, (laughs) and, um, she shot on a youth team, an SCTP team that Demas and I started, uh, back in Georgia. And she would hate it every Sunday. It was like, we have to drive three hours <laughs> practice every Sunday afternoon. Well, she wasn't, she was like 15 then. And then she went off to college, right. And she could shoot better than all the boys. And she got invited to go on all the hunts. Cause she's <laughs> the girl that's really good and then i'm getting the text messages thanks mom for teaching me to shoot like Mm. this and then it was thanks mom for teaching me about the outdoors and habitat and conservation because i want to do this for forever Mm. and um so she's actually going to spend the summer with um, the congressional sportsman foundation and do our internship in dc and she's um looking at wanting to like go work with Ducks Unlimited for a career and, and all these people that took wow. me in when I first started and I didn't know anything have mentored my child and have really brought out the best in her. So she's really, really close to my coach too. She comes home to, from college to see him more than she does me, but <laughs> yeah, they shoot and he takes her out to some fancy meal and then she goes back, but it's <laughs> special, like to have him in our lives because of what he has brought to us and that it wasn't just for a short season. Like we got to keep him. So the things that he's instilled in us, he gets the reward of watching us go out and use it and share it. And so that really special relationship that we built with him. And then of course, Tater just got drug along since, since, you know, she was born. Um, we gave her a BB gun and she carried an empty BB gun for forever until she was safe for that. She got to load it and then she got to shoot clays with us and then she moved up. And so, um, like she's shooting her own birds now and, you know, she's about to turn eight at the end of the month and, um, she's got her own dog and yeah, we, we just all have our own role in it. Yeah. Like she really fell in love with hunt test because that could give her true independence. Mm. So, you can't turn the eight-year-old loose with the gun yet. Sure. She goes shooting and she enjoys it, but the kid has sat back and watched everybody else have fun her whole life. Yeah. You know? So this summer when we're like, okay, it's your turn. She just didn't even need us. Like she had been waiting so long to get loose that she had no problems walking to that line and running dogs and do, and this was all brand new to her, you know? Yeah but she excelled at that. And so right now that's her big jam. She's already planning 
bigger things for next summer. That is her level. She's eight. She's eight. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, she's eight. So, I mean, it was really cool to watch her this summer. She was running even a new friend who's a trainer in Alabama that we met up here in Wisconsin, um, running a hunt test. He let her run a dog right off of his trailer and she went <laughs> their pass with that dog. I'm like, holy smoke. That's so cool. But that's another thing about being a handler. Yeah. You know, you get, you get access to so many different dogs. She yeah. doesn't understand what what she's learning every day. Oh yeah. You're going to see different you know, dogs, different personalities, breeds, all that. Right. And being raised under this training program. I mean, it's been insane, but she's addicted to dog training because the Smiths um, with the hunt Smith program have been very good friends of ours since we started. I have to say Rick just, um, I think he pitied me. <laughs> <laughs> And so they have just always been so kind. And then Susanna and Ronnie, well, actually Rick, I said, I said, Rick, I'm going to Oklahoma for a horse show. I'm, I really need to just do some bird dogging while I'm out there. And he says, Oh, just go, just call Ronnie. Just tell him you're coming over. I'm like, I can go <laughs> to their house. And he's like, Oh yeah, you can. So anyways, like they put me in touch with, or he put me in touch with them and Suzanne and I hit it off and their twins are Hallie Joe's same age. And so the kids okay. hit it off. So it's been really fun. Well, she used to watch their videos every night to go to sleep. Most kids watch cartoons or yeah. Disney. No, I said, listen, I love them, but I don't want to hear rock <laughs> all rap. day I long. Tell you like, whoa, or, um, you know, <laughs> I want to turn my brain off at yep. night and a bird dog break. <laughs> <laughs> Bed with it. Everyone needs a little rest. Yeah, for real. And so they've given her lots of cool opportunities to be on stage with them at Pheasant Fest and stuff over the years. So she's felt comfortable in it because she didn't know any different. Sure. You know, That's kind of what she was raised in. Yeah. Yeah. So she just runs with it. So the joke is I'm going to enjoy the time I have because eventually I'm just going to be her chauffeur. <laughs> um, let's, let's get into the dog side a little bit. Tell me, did the dogs come because you wanted to run more of these competitions or because you wanted to hunt more? Like how, how did, how, and when did you start building this, this string of dogs that you have and, and why? Okay. Well, like we said, I was the worst hunting tournament or tournament hunter ever want the face of the planet in the beginning. And I realized if I only had one dog, I only had one chance. <laughs> okay. And so you got to be a good shooter. You got to have a good dog and you got to have good luck. Like you got to have all three. Okay. So I was like, well, one dog's not enough. Cause I need a heck of a lot of luck right now. So I ended up with another dog and, um, and then the dog training thing, I think just this just spun off of being a horse girl. Mm. You know, there's a lot of women that are in the dog world that come from a background of horses and uh, a lot of the training methods and the mentalities overlap a lot. So it just came real natural. And I wanted to have the freedom to be home with my girls. And, and so I was like, well, this just fits. We've, we've traveled with horses for 10 years and now like we're the dog things catching on. So let's just roll with that. You know, I, I loved it. I love genetics. I love the science behind all of it and the lifestyle of it. And so it was really easy for us to commit. So it was out of necessity and it was out of already having an interest sure. in the same type of life. Okay. Um, so that's really how it happened. And 
And, and so I have to say like the next dog didn't help me very much. It was, <laughs> it was going and taking that break yeah. and going through the sporting clay world and becoming a better me, hmm. a better me is what has made me a better tournament hunter. Now, granted my dogs did like, they got way better. And then having access to Mike's dogs, changed my life. And what is so hilarious about this that we haven't even talked about. I promote these labs. Like they walk on water, <laughs> always a lab fan. And so it was hilarious because I started hashtagging short hair snob for forever. And I was down south, right. So because that was your first dog, right? Was a short hair. Yeah. My okay. first dog was hair and it's like a cult. Okay. The short hair world a little bit. is straight up cult. And I loved it. I was like, we're going to wallpaper the walls with the dogs, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so I was, I never gone duck hunting or anything like that. So I'm like, why did, why did everybody want a lab? Like my dad was always like, a lab's my favorite dog. I'm like, well, you're never even going to have a dog. So, you know, we don't want one of those labs that just lays around. And then, you know, the short hairs have so much character and the lab doesn't, well, I've never even really been around one. Sure, sure. I, opinionated. Okay. And so it's hilarious now, um, to see how funny life is and the turns that have taken. Oh, sure. Where I am right now. And so we laugh about this all the time. So I went from straight up short hair snob to hashtag happy hypocrite, like over. <laughs> um, so I ended up coming to Wisconsin for the first time, um, two years ago. And, and I was going to host a ladies hunt and a blizzard came and it got canceled and I got stuck training here. And this whole time I was like, I never really found the training method or the kennel that was in my mind. Right. So sometimes we have a dream and we know what that end game looks like. We know what we want to be. Right. So Demas had coached me. He was like, you're a warrior. You're a champion. I built you to do this. Like you can do anything hardcore stuff. Right. Sure. But what the heck does the middle look like? <laughs> I, I'm a winner, you know, like yeah. I've won, but he held my hand through that process of building me the first time. So I was like, okay, well, I, you know, sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Sure. Okay. Well, this time I knew exactly what I didn't know. And it was a heck of a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, well, this is not going to work. Like I can't just strike out. And at that time I didn't have the facilities that we have now. So it wasn't like I could just be like, I'm turning the farm into a bird dog facility. And this is sure. what's going to happen. Um, I was having to like piece things together. And right when I thought I had the answer, it would fall apart. And it was a roller coaster. So I'm really getting tested with the information that my coach has given me. Right. Mm. So I was having to build myself. It's one thing to learn something. It's another thing to put it in play. Mm. So I was doing that and, and you know, riding life. Like, okay, you know, you get, you get to the point where you're like, oh my gosh, I finally, I'm going to make it. Like, I'm going to get the answer. This sure. is going to happen. And then your knees get cut off. And you're like, oh, nope. Yeah, nope. Here we go. Start, start again. Yeah. And so I just remember my dad saying, listen, the winners are the ones that don't quit. Hmm. That's it. He's like, you're, you've already proven yourself. You know what your skill sets are. You know what your strengths are. You know what your weaknesses are. So understanding what your weaknesses are too helps you build your team, right? So like, you're not responsible for everything. You just got to know who you need in your life. Sure. So I'm like, okay, so I know all weaknesses are, I got to find that person. Okay. So then I'm like, okay, God, you better send me these people because I don't know what to, to fight them. It's my weakness, right? 
So my dad's like, you just can't quit. You just can't quit. Well, then I build something else up. And then, oh my God, here goes. My knees get chopped out from underneath me again. I'm like, what in the world? But you don't realize when you're in the thick of it, that when you're starting over, it's allowing you on a, on a path to be where you need to go. Sure. Right. So even though you feel like you're starting over, you're still on higher ground than where you started. Yeah, totally. Cause you learn from something from that experience and, right. and so it's hard to tell somebody that when they're in the, of it, Oh, hundred percent. They're not going to, well, they're not going to listen to you. That's, that's for sure. Right. And so luckily I just had built this relationship with Demas where, you know, you don't always take that advice from your parents that well, but when you know, God sent you a person in your sure. life going to help you, you can receive that information so much easier. And so because of him, like, and because of my dad's voice, like I just didn't give up. I didn't give up. And so that's why I tell you, like my story isn't anything special. I just had opportunity and I just walked through it. So here I'm in Wisconsin and I'm stuck at this trainer. Like, I mean, I'm stuck at a lab kennel. First of all, I never thought <laughs> that. and I've got my short hairs here and a blizzard happens. And so I can't even go home. I don't even trust myself to go to the grocery store. You know, um, I never driven on roads like this. Like it is culture shock for me sure. right here. But Cause, cause you're living. So real quick, you're living in Georgia at the time, right? Still. You, okay. You were just up in Wisconsin. I gotcha. I live in Georgia. Okay. Most. Well, I guess I'm mostly here now, but part of time. So anyways, I'm here and then I get thrown into this training program every single day. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like I could talk to you for hours about what that did for me in the enlightening moment of all the pieces of the puzzle. Like I said, I had these big dreams and these big goals. And I'm like, gosh, just so overwhelming when I don't have all the answers and I don't have all the people. Right. So I know what my weaknesses are, but I don't have anybody to feel them or to, to coach me through that and stuff. So needless to say, I got um, a full education about a whole new life here with the lab life and a training program that made so much sense to me because it was practical and, and it was, a, it was for a dog that is a companion dog. Like these dogs are rock stars and there's trophies everywhere. I mean, there's trophies everywhere. Yeah, I see and, them. <laughs> I mean, like you don't understand, like there's, there's trophies literally everywhere here. And, and it's like, I told you, it's not because somebody is good. It is sure. because luck fell in that day, you know, sure. but dogs are really what carries it. I mean, our only responsibility really is just shoot the dang bird, you know, <laughs> right. it's not, it's not you know? how much as long as the birds there and the dog finds the bird and you shoot the bird, like you're going to have a pretty good time. So, I mean that it's that simple. It's not always that simple, but essentially it is. Yeah. That's what you plan for. So I'm just looking around and I'm like, this is the legacy I want. This is what I want to be able to pass on to the girls. I want us to have a, this line of dogs that bring so much joy into people's lives. And these trophies are wins. I mean, they are wins, sure. but each one of them tells a story. So every single cup that I have, like the one behind me, it's not about the cup. It's not sure. even about the time. I don't even know what the time is, but I'm never going to forget the journey that I had with that dog to get to the point and the goals that I set, yeah. right? Because I'm not competing against anybody else. When I'm, when I'm bird dogging and I run a lot of different dogs and we're limited on how many dogs we can run. So a lot of times I'm switching out dogs. I set my goals based on the relationship that I have with the dog, the level of the dog and, and how that dog's a challenge for me as a handler, mm. right? So luck could fall in our lap. Yeah. And we could win, 
but that's not even like my mindset. My sure. mindset, how do I win with this dog in my standards? Mm. Like I want us to walk away with a bragging run. And that doesn't necessarily mean that that's how it's going to fall on the board. Sure. Right. And so, because it's a personal growth thing for me that I wanted to be somebody like, I didn't want to have my one dog that was the champion of everything. And everybody just glorified that dog. It was more of a personal thing for me to say, I wanted to be able to run multiple dogs. I wanted to be a really good handler. So that, that had been my goal instead of having that one dog. Well, then I realized like my travel schedule doesn't really allow me to be the best dog trainer that I could be because I can only haul so many dogs. And so therefore, like when you look at business, then I can't have the numbers to really be profitable and all this stuff. Cause I can only haul so many. Sure. And, um, so I had to go back and I'm like, okay, well then I'm going to look at the breeding thing and I'm, and I'm going to make sure that I put out genetics that allow people to win, give people the best hunting companion they could ever have and give them the best house dog they could ever want. Like I want that triple threat dog, you know, and, and that's what I have. And so once again, like God threw something else in my lap, I got to go share it with people, you know, don't keep it for myself, just like the information that demons put in my life. And so that's really like the essence of our breeding program. And I don't really advertise my puppies. Um, cause normally like they're gone before <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't make sense to advertise the pups that are already gone. Yeah. So, um, I've had, I had a little earlier this year and stuff. So it's like, it's, um, it's amazing how those things just happen and how you just are sent the people that you're supposed to connect with or whatever through the dog world. That's really every single day I come home and I'm just amazed. I'm like, Tell them another full circle story about how you won't believe this person put this person. And then all of a sudden this happened and I've been praying about this or like whatever is like yeah. all this full circle again. And, um, you would think I would kind of get used to it, but I'm literally, <laughs> God, God surprises us. He surprises us and we, we don't, we don't listen. And he's like, Hey, <laughs> okay. So let, like, let's take the little side trip here. So Adam that you did, a podcast yeah. with Adam Freeman, or, like maybe one of your first ones. Oh, uh, Adam Peck. Yeah. 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 Well, he now is my photographer. He and Jay, oh, nice. I'm marketing. And let me tell you, he's the one that started the whole full circle story. He's he was a real, just, he's a real deal. He's awesome. He, two weeks ago, him and Jake came and stayed with us and we had a blast. And it was like every down moment we have, we're sitting here telling full circle stories. <laughs> this is, this is no joke. He lives 30 minutes for me. Oh, no way. No way. And we met through blood origins and connected in Wisconsin. How crazy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. So, you know, I just, I just eat it up and I never take it for granted. And, um, that I just is wild. so, so that, so that snowstorm up in Wisconsin, you were talking about the time you were stuck oh. at the lab kennel. Is that, right. so, um, so is that what gave you the idea to start your own kennel and everything? Right. So okay. I got to do the dogs because you're not even going to believe this. Okay. So here I'd been like the worst tournament hunter. I'd gone and built myself up as a clay shooter, found my confidence, um, realized like what my end goal wanted to be. However, you know, that comes with a lot of variables too, because we build our dreams or whatever, but our paths don't always run straight, you know? Sure. So we, we're still going to yeah. have a career. We're going to get a lot of blessings to just surprise us. Sure. Okay. So that was a whole nother thing, but 
if Mike didn't say, I said, listen, I haven't been able to shoot nothing. You know, there's like six feet of snow on the ground. Like, I'm up here. I'm not leaving until we get to do something. I came up here to hunt. Well, he said, oh, I got a tournament at the end of the, at the end of the week. Why don't you just stay a few more days and go run a, a bird dog tournament? I said, no way. <laughs> I hadn't done that in years. I was like, oh my God, my heart started thumping. I said, oh, that rush just came back. Right. And I was terrible. I mean, I had placed, you know, a few times, like third, second, I never won before um, I, I transitioned into clay shooting, but I'd gotten my feet under me where I had confidence in getting in the field. I was not still, you know, not hitting birds or whatever. Well, (laughs) he said, okay, well you can run my Winnie dog. She just run She just won worlds. I'm like, okay. And I was like, what did I just commit to? That is a lot of pressure. Why did I do that? I've never watched a flusher field. Why am I going to go run a lab? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Like, but that week I did fall in love with Ackley and I'm, that's when I met Ackley and she's become like my little heartthrob and she changed my life. But Winnie happens to be Ackley's mom. Okay. So there was no backing out now. I had already committed and I, I was not going to tell anybody that I was like wigging out inside. Right? <laughs> of course. In a snowstorm with knee deep snow and five degrees outside and 40 mile an hour wind. Cause you know, um, of course I'm trained for that kind of weather. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone has, right? I got this. So we go out there and I watch fields all day long and I'm taking notes of where the birds are planted and, and I'm just taking it as much as I can because I never done it before. And if we didn't get out there at the end of the day, they threw me in at the end of the day. So it's getting dark. And that makes it harder to see everything, you know. Okay, so here the Georgia girl is and this freezing cold weather. <laughs> all my Carhartt clothes on. I couldn't be more bulky, right? <laughs> Go to the field. You know what this is when yeah. you're experiencing. It's like, it's like the kid from the Christmas story. To top it all off, I don't even have a hunting vest on. I have a Carhartt vest on over probably two sweatshirts and um several layers of pants, probably a couple pairs of socks, like look like the little toddler, you know, that the, yep, yep. That, that was me with my quail vest on. Okay. <laughs> I've got this really nice butter type leather bags <laughs> with a bird bag on the back that you just zip off. Okay, well, I don't know nothing about a chucker. We shoot sure. quail. I'm sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I get out there. Okay. Not to mention that my previous organization ran three birds well, this is five. So now I got to find four bigger birds and sure. add two and add two more. Why not? Okay. So on the pointing world, you know, your dog stops, you got time, all this stuff, you know, you've got time to reload your gun, put your bird in the bag. <laughs> it's going to stop when it gets there. Well, lab life ain't like that. This dog does not. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, what in the world is going on? So, um, so this was the only advice Mike gave me. He said, he said, uh, this ain't no pointer. Get your gun ready, girl. And that was it. I was like, okay. That's the advice for the whole, the whole thing. The whole thing. I'm locked and loaded and I hit my whistle and there she goes. And I'm like, okay, the only thing I can do is keep up with this dog. Like yeah. that, I got to keep up with the dog and I got to hit my birds. It's like, okay. So I mean, we're out there just trucking it. Right. And um, we end up taking second. Dang. I I am so hooked. I'm so hooked. So so I get back and he's speechless. He, he thought the yuppie girl with the fancy clothes on (laughs) 
plantation life and her hats and all this stuff. No way the girl can shoot. And here I'm out there with my new 20 gauge. I drove over to um, Purcell Farms in Alabama at Corvus. And I'd had a lesson over there, a wing shooting lesson. And I tried this gun out and I just fell in love with it. I just, they're awesome. So if you get down there, got to swing by there. It is a gorgeous place. You don't want to miss it. Cool. Just literally came up here. So here I am like whopping. Brand new gun. My 20 gauge, brand new gun, whatever. Like, (laughs) I mean, that's what I'm saying. Sometimes there's a little luck in this game. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I got an extra dose that round. Well, so I get back and he's like, Oh my God, well, you're going to run at nationals. I'm like, I had to go to BDC for a tournament on the bucket list from the South. You know, I was like, I'm there. I was like, oh my God, what did I say? <laughs> what did I just agree to? Yeah, I did it again. And we went and we won. And then I was hooked. So um, I started showing up for everyone. And then I was okay. up here. Um, and so is that, is that when you started getting getting interested in labs and getting labs in that? Or Oh, yeah. Okay. Because yeah, okay. was- you were sh- still short hairs before this, right? Right. And okay. so now I've got, you know, I've got, I've got both now. Okay. Um, yeah. So I just love That's it. That's awesome. And- and we run on both. We get out in the, in the grouse woods and we'll run, you know, our flushers through one time. We'll get our pointers out and run them or we'll do the same thing when we get to South Dakota and, okay. and North Dakota this week. So does, uh, does the Smith method. So you, do you follow the Smith method for your pointers and flushers or just your pointers? So the Smith training? method is just for the pointers. Okay. And some th- parts of it that I do do. I will not say that I follow it to a T. Okay. Um, Working with Mike, you know, he up here, he was doing some other things. And so we just kind of created like our own little spin on things. Nice. But we're not going to say that, like, it's one of those things where there's more than one way to skin a cat kind of thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. The level of dog, I guess, that we're producing has a different purpose. Sure. So, like, the I work with some, um, some breeders and trainers down South, the, the Rick Hopkins and Brenda Rowe, and they run all AKC stuff. And, and they are amazing. Like you want to talk about short hair legends. Hmm. They are incredible. The things that they've done with their genetics and stuff. I mean, it just blows my mind. So they're, they're my short hair heroes. Hmm. Um, so I spend as much time with them as I can, but Rick's given me so much advice, Rick Hopkins, about the short hair life because the game that I play doesn't need a, a finished dog to that kind of level, right? So I don't need to get Master Hunter on my dog because it's going to be way too steady for the game that I play. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, not that my dogs couldn't go do it. It's just not the purpose that I need. Yeah, the, the goal that you have in mind is different than there's no need to go you know, do certain things. Right. So when you learn, when you learn about those things, then you become less judgy of people with certain dogs. Like, okay, well, just because it doesn't have that doesn't mean that it couldn't have it. It's just, they choose a different life. Yeah. Whatever you're working on, whatever you enjoy is going to be different than the person down the street. (laughs) Yeah. I'm so grateful that these people don't, you know, don't judge me because I don't run those routes um, because I really love my culture that we live in. I mean, it's like, we're, we're like rodeoing with bird dogs. <laughs> so the cowboys that are like these hardcore ropers or bull riders that are just hopping from rodeo yeah. to rodeo, living on the clock and all that. That's what we do. <laughs> there you go. You know, essentially it's exactly what we do. Yeah. And, and are you running it with both pointers and, and flushers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
crazy. And some tournaments I run against the boys too. And so it makes for an exciting schedule. Okay. So is there, are there women divisions and men divisions or? Yeah. Oh, really? So, well, not men's divisions. There's a, there's like an open division. Okay. So in the BDC, it's Top Gun. Um, and then they have a puppy division too, but they also have a ladies. Gotcha. So like separate. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's how awesome. that works. Are you, are you yeah. seeing more, are you seeing more women getting involved in this kind of like competition side and stuff and handling dogs? Has it grown? Do you think over the years? I don't really know. Maybe so. Like maybe not necessarily in the BDC, but in the UFTA, I do believe that there's a massive growth on the female side. Um, I think where women had stayed at home and their husbands were doing it. Now they're going to. Mm. So that's been a really cool thing to see a lot of couples out there doing this together. Nice. Um, and then as for the handler stuff, I would say there's definitely more younger females getting their own hunting dog. Okay. Nice. And I think that is just so cool. So tomorrow night, this is, this is one of my most favorite stories of now. One of my clients who brought a dog that was an oops litter and, and looked like a lab, but we weren't sure exactly what it was. Right. Okay. Okay. She wanted to be a bird dog and it did have drive and it did have some promise. So we put it through the whole thing, but in the end, it really didn't turn out to be the dog she wanted, but she wanted to be a hunter Mm -hmm. and um, she dated a guy that got her involved in it. And then they didn't work out. She says, well, I'm not giving this up. I'm going to do it. Even if I do it on my own. Yeah. And I'm like, we're going to figure this out. We're going to get you the right dog. And what I, what people don't always think about new hunters, the best advice I can give a new hunter. And I know this was one of the things we want to talk about yeah. was if you can start out with a seasoned dog or a started dog, like not just a puppy, mm-hmm. right? A dog with some experience, you're going to be able to focus more on yourself and you're, and that dog is going to teach you so much. Oh, that's good advice. I've not heard that so before. Actually. Nobody really wants to think about that. Everybody no. wants a puppy phase and yeah. everybody's so worried that their dog's not going to bond with them or whatever. And that's just not the case. Yeah. The dog at any age is going to love the person that takes care of it. Yeah. And so we're having this conversation and she's, She's like, well, you know, I kind of knew this was going to happen. Stella. No, oh my gosh. Like she said, she's going to get me a shirt that says I survived Stella. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I mean, it was, it was semi the, the, um, expectation, but she wanted me to try and I'm like, okay, you know, we'll try, but she just wasn't the firecracker because, you know, she wasn't bred to be sure. a diehard bird dog. And, um, so in the midst of all this, you want to talk about full circle story. A buddy of mine is a short hair guy. He was actually uh, the president of UFTA for a long time. He said, um, you know, I've got a, a kennel full of dogs and I would like to find a home for some of my older short hairs. If you know of anybody looking for a trained dog, let me know. I said, holy smokes. Yes, I do. Yep. So, I, I called him. I said, before you commit to anybody, call me first because I have a perfect match. Yeah. So, um, so I wasn't able to go with, with Trixie up to Clay's to get this dog. And I really hate that. I wouldn't, cause that would have been such an amazing oh. moment. She got the dog. Well, this past weekend on Saturday, she took the dog to the preserve back home that I've started all my puppies at that I've started in Georgia. Yeah. And 
She went hunting by herself Dang. with her own short hair, with this pointing dog. And they planted 12 birds and she brought back seven. And she said, I literally just set a goal of shooting one wow. bird. He was so excited. And instead of her being like, well, I don't have anybody to hold my hand or I don't have anybody to touch me. Yeah. She's like, Hey, no, y'all get out of my way. I'm yeah. figuring this. My dog are going to have a good time. Yeah. Well, I'm just so excited for her because she got a dog that was ready and they could teach her so much because she's so new, right? Yeah. She's only well, she didn't have to spend all that time, you know, focusing and worrying at the puppy phase and, and teaching right. and all that. Like she, like you said, could focus on herself and her own experience. Yeah. She's gotten a puppy, she wouldn't even be out hunting this season. She'd have yeah. lost a whole season. Yeah. So, so I called her the next day. I said, Well, how'd it go? And she said, Well, me and Rumor are sitting here over at the brewery right now eating tacos. So, <laughs> like, this dog is her best friend. She has a short hair that has lived a kennel life that has been a true hunter. It's traveled all over the country hunting. Now the dog at six years old has become a house dog, uh, like a spoiled brat dog, you know, <laughs> she has spoiled this dog to pieces yeah. and is hunting for her and is going out to town. Mm -hmm. And I love that story. That so, so awesome. Much. Yeah. That's what it's all about. I love that. You could not have summed, summed up that question any better. Cause I, I, yeah, I love asking every guest of just, Hey, what's, what's that piece of advice you'd give? And I think that story just encapsulates a lot. I know I'm so bubbled about it. So tomorrow night we're going live. So Trixie can tell the whole world about, you know, a dog got her into this world and she set the expectations, but she didn't give up because the dog didn't meet her expectations. Right. Mm -hmm. Like the, the, it just didn't. And so that's another thing about understanding genetics. And we were talking about like what makes a great dog versus yeah. a good dog. Oh my gosh. Like we'll probably have to have a whole nother. <laughs> no, that, that's a whole nother, but I am, yeah. I am curious about that. If you have a couple minutes. Okay. okay. With, okay so I've been around enough pointing dogs where in my mind, I can generally point out different traits and qualities of pointing dogs, flushing dogs. When it comes to hunting, I'm not familiar with. So can you specifically talk about that a little bit just on well, I'm gonna tell you that it's, I mean, there's going to be a little bit of difference, you know, because mm -hmm. of points so that is a skill and a natural ability, but it, uh, overall you're looking for the same things. Okay. Um, cause, cause what you're looking for is intelligence, different mm -hmm. levels of intelligence. So, you know, and one thing that, that Mike and I were talking about earlier today, because I told you to ask this and I said, man, why don't we record our kitchen conversation? <laughs> They're so good. And then you try to recap it and you never get yep. it right. No, of course. Uh, um, but the, the intelligence that comes with certain genetics and, and one big thing that we were talking about was, you know, having that natural ability, which turns into trainability, mm -hmm. um, which turns into reaching potentials, you know, mm -hmm. what levels of potentials are you going for? And not everybody has the same expectation, right? So sure. we'll have a different expectation of what their champion is mm. and judge that around here. You get what you want. And the dog that you send us is the same dog you get back, but better. Mm. Right. And so mm. it come here. It doesn't go to like an Academy or, you know, that is sure. like, our training, it's not always fun. Like there are days that are serious, sure. but we really try to train in a fun, playful atmosphere where half the time the dog don't even know it's learning. <laughs> sure. And it's like, Oh, this, this is cool. I like this. And you can create those environments once you've created those genetics. 
So probably 80% of Mike's clients are his own genetics because he's been doing this for 10 years, you know? And so that was a super big goal for me. Um, because I wanted to have that consistency with the dogs that I produced. Yeah. The only way to do that is to say, okay, well, I'm going to commit to my breeding program and I'm going to m- like maximize my training ability to meet these genetics. Right. Because that's how you really reach the potential mm. of understanding it. And you can't do that with just one dog, sure. you know, like you can't learn everything. Just one dog comes through here. Right. And so for people that are wanting a dog, you need to go find the trainer that that shares the same mindset with you. Mm. So you almost build your your plan backwards. Go sure. find that product that you want, who bred it, who trained it, and and go from there. Sure. Because ask questions, whatever. You know, that's 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 how we talk about for people to find their perfect dog. Okay, so that that whole natural ability, trainability talks sure. about genetics. But one key thing that I've learned and witnessed that is just that sets dogs apart is bird intelligence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you hear people throw around, well, that dog's got a nose, that dog's got a nose. And you automatically just assume it can sniff out a bird. Yeah. But when that dog is running through the field and it cocks its head so that it's in the wind mm-hmm. and it are, it does that automatically. And you see this, the dogs identifying certain parts of habitat of where it consistently finds birds. Yeah. And it, it's putting itself in the best position to say, Hey, if I do this, it's going to help yeah. me. Yeah. That's an, yeah. When, when you can um, like, and that's part of being the handler, you know, that was a big mm-hmm. goal for me is to be able to read these minute little bitty details that separate a good dog and a great dog. Mm. And, and that just gets a sulky. Oh yeah. (laughs) You could talk about that for a long time. Yeah. And so like we could talk about that for hours, but essentially like I've seen that so much and running Winnie and we've won a lot of really cool titles, but it isn't about those cups, but those cups are going to be something that stands in the house somewhere. And I never forget that moment. I never forget like her belling me out. Like one time I swear the dog, was in the field. was going to trap a bird. The bird almost got away. She let all four legs fly out like a pancake. And hmm. she just laid right on top of that bird. She wasn't going to let it get away. <laughs> and, uh, and she reached her head right under her belly and she brought that bird back and she brought it right back to me, you know? And I'm like, she's taking care of me. Yeah. She did that for me. You know, <laughs> you get a dog that's not hunting for itself. It's hunting for you. And you create that bond and that team effort, it'll change your life. I mean, I got a short hair and she's a pain in the butt and she'll go someday she hunts for herself, you know, <laughs> and she's not paying attention to range. And I know she's been trained for range and, sure. and not checking in with me or, she, you know, I'm having to tell her more than once or, you know, one thing like you can, you can tell a difference once you've experienced it, Sure, but if you don't know to look for it, you might miss it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause like you said, they're, they're little nuances or little things that it takes time to develop that skill almost. Yeah. But man, it is so cool when you get some dogs that really are at such a high level of intelligence and they can think for themselves, but yet they are there for you. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's, that's really pretty, cool. That's pretty freaking yeah. awesome. Um, last, last question before we, uh, we go uh, into the rapid fire, which we'll, we'll end on. Um, okay. Uh, with so with client dogs that the people will send you based on what they want are you going to train differently in your approach with those dogs so say someone wants and says hey i'm this dog's just going to hunt pheasants in south dakota with me a couple times a year or they say hey i want to do akc master hunter or whatever their goals are are you going to be training differently or is it generally the same process what you're doing with these dogs okay absolutely differently if somebody comes to me and they say they want to akc master hunter I'm going to give them a different number because mm. it is not my world. You oh. know, um, I am an upland hunter and those would be my clients, you know? So, um, if you're going to train for titles, then you need to be with a trainer that's going to handle your dog through that or has tons of experience and success with that, you know? Yeah. And so with, and I'm thinking of the short hair world, right? Sure. I'm not titling short hairs. Sure. Um, now I do have plans of running my personal dogs through hunt test just because last summer was super boring for me sitting on the sidelines. Mm, sure. Um, one summer <laughs> <laughs> and I took pictures and I did all that, but I told him I'm not doing it again. <laughs> like I'm not going to sandwich snack maker all yep. day long. <laughs> I'm going to get myself out there too. There and it go. was so hilarious. Tater was talking about tonight and she was like, well, Mikey V, we're probably just going to have to drive two trucks next summer, you know, cause he'll have his crew on his trailer and I'll have to have mine. But sure, I think she's thinking of running more dogs than actually me getting involved, but <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, cool. Um, let's, uh, let's go through rapid fire section. I tell everybody, um, just get, yeah, give me your short off the cuff answer. If you need to explain it all. That's okay as well. So we can, we can go a little longer, but, um, what gun are you carrying out into the field with you when you are, uh, up on hunting? Well, I've been shooting the Rosini round body, um, 12 gauge in the tournaments. Okay. It's been well, yeah. Okay. Nice. That's great. Yeah. Um, favorite dog breed besides the short hair and lab. Okay. This is a no brainer. Okay. And it's taken every ounce of discipline I have to not get another but the Westie is my all-time favorite little dog because the they have Westie. No yes. Okay. I've, I had one. I've heard. I'm not gonna lie. I've heard of a Westie. I don't know if I can picture one in my head right now. It's the cute little white Caesar dog with the perfect little hair and. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh, they just have a fierce little heart, and That's they're awesome. so smart. Yeah, but That's I awesome. swear, the other dog that needed a groomer. <laughs> oh i'm sure i'm sure uh, that poor dog always looked like a pig i mean oh. it was i'm sure that's a pain um i'm gonna make i'm gonna make it a little tougher for you uh okay. short, short hair or lab you know that is um not a fair question <laughs> i know i know i'm gonna see if i can get but an answer out of you this if you want to know what dog i have with me more in the field and off the field i will tell you it is a lab Okay. And are these, are these British labs or, or American labs? No, these are American. American. Okay. okay. These are machines. Okay. They run all day. They have no quit. You literally have to put them on the trailer or they will run until they die. Like okay. they have no quit. Yeah. That's awesome. I see a picture of one. Is that a yellow lab behind you above your head? Yeah. That's all Winnie girl. She was laying okay. right here. 
For a little while. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay. Uh, a couple more. Um, favorite okay. bird to hunt. Ooh. Okay. Well, I haven't been able to do as much this year, but boy, do I love grouse hunting. I feel like it is, is quail hunting on steroids being mm. in the woods. And you've got a swamp coming up and just the rush of riding dirt roads and picking out <laughs> hopping out and walking a path, you know, walking a pass through the woods and getting yeah. out and dogs and doing it. I've really, really enjoyed that. That's awesome. But, and when you say grouse, uh, we're talking rough grouse, right? In Wisconsin. Yes. Okay. Very yes. cool. Very cool. All right. Um, what, I, I don't know how to word this question, right? The most clays you've hit in a, in a row or most clays you've hit consecutively. Okay, well, I don't know because it's been a long time since I shot clays, but I will tell you that I went to a Quill Forever event in Arizona with the um, Quill Forever chapter there in Phoenix, and they have a tournament, and I did hit uh, a perfect 25. Nice. That's, that's good. what I remember. Okay, that's great. It's more than me. It's not the thing that. <laughs> I ever kept up with because in my mind it's one bird it's one bird at a time one bird at a time one okay. bird at a time you think oh my god i just hit 50 <laughs> we're gonna next one sure yeah. it's one bird at a time <laughs> love it <laughs> love it um if you could uh if you could choose a uh, a solo hunt with you and your dogs a group hunt with some good friends or I, i'm gonna throw this in there last minute or a bird dog competition, which would you choose? Uh, and, and why? And tell me why. Well, mm, I mean, I would probably pick out of all of my favorite memories right now, a group hunt because the time that I spent with the guys on um, gun dog TV, I mean, that is hilarious. You know, when, <laughs> out there with with guys with their own dogs and every dog's trained a different level and every sure. personality and every hunter out there has got a different personality i mean you can't beat that kind of camaraderie um and then let's hear it was last year in grouse season we went up to grouse camp here just around tomahawk and we had a blast like we just had so much fun jc was up here and hunting with us and just our friend group we, we just rag each other all the time and just have so much fun that that it's hard to beat that. It's hard to beat that and then go back to camp and eat, you know, Casey's pizza or something. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, Casey's pizza. I remember that. Yeah. What Um, word hunter? Oh yeah. Oh, Casey's is is the bomb. Um, (laughs) all right. Last one beverage of choice after a hunt. Oh, okay. This is confession. (laughs) I am epic failure at packing the cooler. It is like oh, no. the last thing, the last priority on the to-do list, right? And so I would have to say, it's going to be whatever somebody is passing out. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Good. Whatever else someone else brought. <laughs> oh my God. I like That's- it. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, there were, there was one trip. I, I know it was a couple of years ago. I, I packed the cooler, uh, with ice, nothing else, <laughs> it was just, just ice. 
<laughs> forgot drinks, all the, all the cold snacks, all that good stuff, but we lived. Oh yeah. We lived. Well, that's awesome. Anna. Um, Hey, how can people stay in touch with you? If they have questions maybe on, on dogs or training or wing shooting, what's the best way for them to, uh, to connect with you? Instagram at Anna V outdoors. Okay. And we've got some new stuff coming up. We're going to put out some really cool content. Now that I have found, like I told you, I found my team. Yeah. That's Rob awesome. Origins and the guys at a field media and you know, we've got the dog team going and we're staying on the road. And so there's a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes that we are busting at the seams to put out. Um, so those things will be coming out in the next, you know, six months or so. If we, if we even wait that long and, um, yeah, I mean, I just hope people feel like they can just ask, you know, I get crazy questions from husbands asking about how to get their wives or, you know, guys asking about his girlfriend. How do I get her out there? What do I, I want to get her an outfit. So she feels confident to get out there or, you know, let's, I mean, heck I'll get on the phone or, you know, I've done that in the past too. And right. walk through the proper gun fit and, you know, just, just use as a community to get sure. your aunt, you can get out there and do your own thing. That's really it. So, That's yeah, cool. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to oh read my gosh. memories because <laughs> you get so busy and caught up on your to-do list. Sometimes you got to take a pause yeah. and think about the whole journey and, and really like, man, I haven't been doing this my whole life, but I feel like I've had a whole life full of memories, you know, <laughs> that's, that's a, that's a good sign right there. That's a good <laughs> sign. Well, Anna, thank you so much for your time. I really, really appreciate uh, getting to know you more hearing these stories, hearing these memories that you get to relive a little bit. And uh, I can't wait to see uh, what else you put thank out. You. That's something to listen to while we roll down the highway. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks again, Anna. I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> All right. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Well, that is a wrap of episode 28 with Anna V. Anna, thank you so much uh, carving out some time, uh, chat with me, uh, just give us a glimpse into your story uh, and just to hear your passions uh, for bird dogs, the outdoors, conservation. Um, I really, really had a good time chatting with you. So thank you once again. Hey guys, uh, if you enjoyed this episode, would you please share it with a friend? Um, share it on social media, your stories, Instagram posts, whatever it might be. Um, would love it. Would appreciate um, just helping spread the word of this show. Uh, it's been so much fun to be doing these every week with you guys. Um, if you have any opening uh content suggestion so if you want to hear uh, uh me ramble about a particular topic uh shoot me a message on instagram let me know i uh, would be happy to uh you know give you my thoughts on whatever it might be gear dogs hunting what i'll leave it very broad for you but fill in the gaps um anyways guys i hope you have a great rest of your week have fun be safe uh, and remember if you can't hunt with or own a britney any bird dog is better than no bird dog Go put some miles on those boots and have fun. <laughs>